and we're driving to church and she sees one get off the highway and she goes, oh, look, another transit. And I start hitting the gas and she goes, what are you doing? She goes, you're going to catch up to that Ford transit. And I said, babe, it's somebody we could probably be friends with. We, sh- <laughs> we, should, <laughs> we should go and meet them. And on the road to, to Mass, I pull up and I stop at a light and I look and Rob is doing a yeah in a bright red van. Because you have the Sheffle Bus sticker on the back. <laughs> and I saw this like, oh, it's Sheffle Bus. I know them. <laughs> I know that bus. I know that bus. So the, uh, the thing that would necessitate owning buses is what in your life? <laughs> uh Baby number seven is due uh, in the next month, I guess. So yeah, we've got seven children. Show. And I think the same week yours is due. Do you want to race? <laughs> I'm sure our wives would really, really appreciate that. And gentlemen, all right, welcome to the Friday bonus episode of the Beatitudes, a podcast for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness while enjoying their walk with each other on that same road. My name is Paul Colker, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow bro hosts, Nicholas Besner. I'm a host. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, very seasonal. I love it. And Jeffrey Scheffelbein. Tis the season. Paul. <laughs> for, for what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I am live on the scene with this brand new microphone that I was gifted on the last episode by our guest, none other than the incomparable Rob Hayes. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank yes. you. I'm, I'm glad you are getting some use out of that microphone. Right? This thing is awesome. Well, I th- it was kind of like you. It was flashy. Right, it was like <laughs> all flash, no nice. substance, huh? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm sure it works. I just haven't plugged it in yet. That's awesome. Well, welcome back. Um, we're going to dive in with a game. We're going to go ahead and kick things off in a, in a goofy, silly way. We had fun with you last time. We're going to get serious in a little bit here, but let's uh, let's do a bonus edition. We're going straight into bonus edition of Blessed Are the Joke Makers, for they shall inherit the points. And we're going to crank it up a notch on the bonus edition. We're going to go. Take it up to 11. <laughs> 111. That's right. There it is. Oh, Ooh, that's all great. right. Oz goes oh, wait, to that's me. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. And the way this one works, uh, we don't always do this one, but we have um, different character cards, and we have to try to get you to guess what our character is. Okay. We all have the same prompt from the Catholic card game card, but we have to try to lead you down kind of the rabbit Got trail. It. So the uh, here we go. The prompt is um, records of blank are found in the secret Vatican archives. Mm. Yes, I would just like to say that uh, I have done extensive studies on this, and records of the the hounds of uh, the Baskervilles and um, uh, someone uh, I once knew who may or may not have plummeted into a waterfall with me, uh, Moriarty, uh, his life is found there. At least his LinkedIn profile picture is available there. <laughs> um... Mm, I mean, we're talking about some like British literature, so I'm trying to. Yes, you might out. find me at 22B Baker Street. All right, are we talking about Sherlock Holmes? Boom! It's all like right. the only specific. <laughs> yeah. I know all the Cold others. Deal. Everything else is general. Yeah, right. This one is like the dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sherlock Holmes got it. All right. So the other day, I was driving around in my Subaru, and I was just thinking about these records that just broke news of what was in the Vatican archives. I could not believe it. It was 
a listing and name of all the all the fattened calves that have been slaughtered and served in the the holy city. I just you know people have feelings, but animals have feelings too. You know. Oh, you gotta be and like a pita. Or animals rights <laughs> and, and also all the different bread makers because i don't eat that kind of stuff you know too much vegan uh, all yeah, right we got vegans yeah, here yeah. that's it righteous gluten-free vegan <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get to the gluten-free part <laughs> there's a lot going oh, on there. oh wow <laughs> that's a tough one wow. that's like some sort of a lot of descriptors <laughs> Most people do not realize how many Catholics have shaped and formed the entire world. In the archives of the Vatican Museums, you can find the detailed analysis that I did when I created that fuzz on the tennis ball. You can also find my current work where I'm creating something that's Keurigmatic. It is a Keurig that makes other Keurig makers. Wow. I appreciate the commitment to the character. I'm going to say, I guess, just, what, an inventor? Of odd inventions. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I pulled a muscle. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting for those who who maybe only listen to you all. Like, the, the moment before you all start speaking, there's, like, this intensity and yep. also kind of panic that happens both at the same yeah, that's, time. That's yeah, that's a good description. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Rob both. Gets you're not us. wrong. Yeah. This room Rob. gets really sweaty in that moment. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, intensity and panic, you have to bestow points on one of us, so. Uh, I'm going to bestow bestow points on Jeffrey Sheffield. Oh, All right. Nice. I feel like I needed nice this. Job. It was it was the voice. I mean, it was really the commitment <laughs> to the voice. I mean, you even let Nick go first because I felt like you were kind of recommitting to harnessing. the character. He was right. harnessing. Oh. Yeah, he was getting in it. Yeah. And it's so fun because I enjoy these two guys so much, and they always surprise me. But you can't be in that. I can't be sitting here enjoying you. Nope. Oh, if you go back and fair. watch the tape, You'll watch I actually shut my yeah. eyes while you were talking because yeah. I had to block you out. Yeah. I have no idea what you talked about, cool. Nick. That's fine. All right. <laughs> wow, it just got frosty. Yeah, in here. Yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Rob, the story I have to kind of kick us into this next part is that my wife and I bought this 10-passenger Ford bus called a Transit years ago. And we're driving to church, and she sees one get off the highway, and she goes, oh, look, another Transit. And I start hitting the gas, and she goes, what are you doing? She goes, you're going to catch up to that Ford Transit. And I said, babe. It's somebody we could probably be friends with. We, sh- <laughs> we, should, we should go and meet them. And on the road to, to Mass, I pull up and I stop at a light and I look and Rob is doing a yeah in a bright red van. Because you have the Sheffle Bus sticker on the back. <laughs> I saw this like, oh, it's Sheffle Bus. I know them. <laughs> I know that bus. I know that bus. So the, uh, the thing that would necessitate owning buses is what in your life? <laughs> Uh, baby number seven is due uh, in the next month, I guess. So yeah, we've got seven children, show. and I think the same week yours is due. Do you want to race? <laughs> and you, I'm sure our wives would really, really appreciate that. Uh, and you mentioned your oldest coming back from his first year in college. Yes. So we nice. have we kicked one out of the house, and we're bringing a new one in. Yeah. There you go. Replace. Tell us the mix, boys, girls. What does your world look like at home? So. Our four oldest are boys, so we made the fatal flaw of 
of having boys at the front because <laughs> like Max Chaos is only young boys in the house. That's the name of one of them, Max yes. Chaos. <laughs> as, as we joke, like you can only get wetter, wetter than you can't get wetter than wet, right? Yeah. So that's what it is. Just, yeah. You're wet. Yeah. So it's you can't get more chaos than chaos. It's just chaos. That's it. So four boys and then a uh, and they're all between 11 and 18, and then we've got an eight-year-old and five-year-old daughters, and the next one is a uh, little baby Elizabeth, so another little girl. So we'll have awesome. three girls. So I'm about to go from an all-testosterone house to an <laughs> all-estrogen house. You are going to have like the most loving finish to like your career. These wi- <laughs> these young, beautiful, like future mamas taking care of you. Daddy, what can I do for you? And these boys. I'll, I'll report back and tell <laughs> you know if that's how it goes. So uh, I think there are female listeners we've seen some of the early reports of the beatitudes okay actually weirdly on some of our recent youtube videos like a third of the audience has been female that's ever since i started promoting how good you look (laughs) stop 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 pick up that gold mic uh this is like a weird serious question because none of us have any right to answer it but i'm gonna put this to you rob how does your wife conquer the chaos like what what how does she stay grounded from your point of view as a man <laughs> so there's there's i'd say that there's two e- more straightforward things which is one is she has to exercise so mm. she's a runner and so i can typically tell if she's run or not yeah. as there's times where you say like honey you, you probably should go run because <laughs> <laughs> like, i can see it building you Just um, when you have the sneakers out that's you can't figure out if you're right. helping or hurting. So she <laughs> yeah. needs to run, and and obviously she needs to pray. Right? There's yeah. the, both sides of, of the physical and the spiritual. But I think, in some sense, the other secret sauce is we have a giant calendar in our house, and it is as big as I don't know, part of a wall, it's and bigger it's, than this it's, table. It's about the size. You've got a whiteboard over here. You know, one can see it, but it's a yeah. big whiteboard. And once a month, I think it's kind of her happy place. Is she takes it off and cleans the whole thing and moves to the next month. And every one of our kids and myself and her all have color-coordinated markers. And she goes day by day, all the doctor's appointments and athletic events and church things, and it's all color-coordinated. And that is how she, therefore, goes just moment by moment, day by day. This is the new company we're launching. Because what you just described, I know it sounds elementary, my dear Watson, but uh, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but when I think about that, the digital world that I'm in, I can see what today is and tomorrow, but I can never look with my wife and be like everything and the moving pieces and what's too much for one week. That's awesome. So, and it also is helpful because then what I do is she does all of hers and then I come in and do the last stroke, which is I'm going through my schedule. Here's when I'm traveling. Here's when I've got you know, something at church. You do that after? I do that after. <laughs> Let her get her, th- and then it's me still seeing if my things can work, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Because then it's like, oh, I would like to do the Beatitudes podcast, but I've my wife's got this thing on That's that right. night, and my son's got that thing, and so you just, yep. I, I go last. So for men out there, I would encourage you not to abuse this by looking and being like, oh, I should probably travel on that week. That looks really hard. <laughs> yeah, don't go the other direction yes. with it. Peace out. I'm going to Vegas. And conference. Then, yeah. Conference. Conference. Yeah, 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 work. Yeah. It's work, work baby. Work, yeah. <laughs> a month after our wives have babies, I'm giving a talk in Turks and Caicos for work. Ooh. And it's hard. I have to go there alone. Um, mm. You know, know, on my time is my ties. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, here's another question for you. You've raised what I would consider to be well-formed children. What advice do you have for people that are in 
the earlier stages or maybe even entering the teen years, teen boy years. Like, and, and this could even relate back to some of the advice you were given about running a business from before, but how, how or what would you say to somebody who is just like, I can't handle one or two and three seems uh, outrageous or even, you know, just the idea of keeping them grounded and faithful and virtuous. Like, what do you know about, what do you know, what do you about? know about anything? <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about this? I don't know. I, I married well. That was, you know, a good first tip, but yep. smart. Uh, I, I, one of the best books I've ever read was a book called Father, Family, Protectors, a guy by name Jim Stenson, who was, uh, he actually himself was not married, but he ran a bunch of boys and girls schools and he founded them. And so he wrote this book based upon the things he saw in the lives of all of these families, like who produced good kids and what was true about all of them. And one of the things that he puts at the beginning of the book is always have in mind that you are raising adults. Mm. So it's you have to get out of the I'm only managing to survive the next 30 minutes because I, I'm tired or I'm cranky or my kids drive me crazy. You, uh, when you're making decisions, as you're communicating, it's always through the lens of I'm forming an adult who I want to be have faith and be well-adjusted and have a loving relationship with their spouse, et cetera. And so you just have to have a long-term view, and therefore that means that you're not always doing the convenient thing. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have some of those ground rules. So that, that, that is a, an overarching theme. The other thing, and I, and I think we've had a lot of success with our teenage boys. I mean, they all have pros and cons and stress, you know, strengths and weaknesses, but helping them understand the whys, and that's the case for particularly with technology, uh, with issues of pornography, human sexuality, all these yep. things is that the reason we're having these rules or things as a family, it's not because I hate you, it's not because I don't trust you, it's because there's a proposal for something good, right? And, and helping them understand it is, and, and having constant conversations about it. Uh, and so that, I think all those sorts of things, we don't, we haven't really had too many fights in our families about technology or, or, or some of these other things that I know are struggles in families. Like we don't have an Xbox or PlayStation in our family. We also have never really fought with our kids about it because they're involved in music or sports or other things that we think have been better use of their time. So helping them understand the whys and, and making it a constant conversation. Can you be specific too? Like what, because I'm getting ready to enter into some of those years, what has been your policy around screens, phones, tech? And, you know, I get the Xbox part of it for sure, but what about the phone part that everybody sits there that turns into fights between parents? Right. So what we've done, and that's a good point. I mean, you really have to get on the same page to be able to try to do these things. And we've not been perfect, but I even mean with other parents because right, right. Why you know why are you letting your kid have a phone at seven years old when the rest of us are trying to keep it out of our kids' hands? No, that's right, and that's why you also have to really be more thoughtful today than you ever have in terms of, for example, our kids have never done sleepovers. Same. I did it all the time. Yeah. I was constantly yeah. at my friends' houses, but it's just hard to know and trust that other families are doing the same level of diligence that you're doing. Yep. Um, but what we've done is, as they've gotten into high school, we've allowed them to have a, f a phone, but it's got a lot of locks on it and a lot of, of you know different passwords and software on top of it, and it's limited amount of time, and it's it's basically dumbed down except for a few, a few features. Um, they can't take it upstairs. Uh, I, we have complete total access to it at all times. I can check their, they have no right to privacy. They're you know, 15 years old. You don't mm -hmm. have a right to privacy when they're 15 years yeah, old that's as fair. a parent. Um, so it's just, and again, it's, uh, I mean, there's a, a, a handful of other things, but it's, we really haven't had any issues because 
lots of times our dinner time conversation are things like, hey, I just read this journal, uh, you know, article in the Wall Street Journal about the negative impact TikTok is having on girls. Are you seeing that in the girls that you meet at these other schools? And it's always, yeah, yes, some of them are really addicted. Like, well, it's, is that a good thing? Like, do you see how you're being manipulated? And so it's just helping them understand the whys. I think you're not only raising adults. I think you're helping adults to become adults with some of these questions. You know, I watch <laughs> yeah. what you do in this community. It's adulting. We're trying, and I got a lot of work to do. So for on myself, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of the things that I've I've done is because I need them, and my friends need them, and so let's do them. And if and then if I can invite people to come along, then then great. All the better. I know on the last show we talked about your your job a lot now the CEO, previously the chief strategy officer, I think that it's unfortunate when people are great at business and bad at home because <laughs> these principles of running a great business, having a five-year strategy, having a 10-year vision, and then working your way back to what would I do today for right. this to be a great reality 10 years from now, that's how you start raising adults when they're six years old and not just getting through the moment. But unfortunately, we get addicted to, to work, whatever the case may be. How do you stop yourself from getting addicted to work? in this parenting, spouse, adulting? Well, I, I think I was fortunate in that I've gotten to see modeled both the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And early in my career, there were some uh, great people that I worked with in the finance world and the investment banking world who were very accomplished and very good at what they did, but I also saw people that were, what I'd say, highly disordered in terms of the relationships they had with some of their children, their, their happiness of, of uh, family life, uh, they may have been having affairs, and I was struck by early on, here are people that have accomplished a lot of what I think I want to accomplish, and yet many of them are unhappy. I mean, some of the most, and you may have seen this as well in your, uh, your all's careers, like some of the most unhappy people I know, the most miserable people I know are extremely wealthy, successfully, successful professionally, um, and when you start digging in, there's a tremendous amount of trauma, family issues, because they had their priorities all mixed up. And so I think I've been able to see through my career a lot of what not to do. And I was fortunate because of my parents and my father was a, a successful, is a successful business entrepreneur. He also did it the right way. And so I got to see it modeled in my father and not modeled in other people in, in my career coming up. The people in your company and the people that you work with do, they, do you find them now coming to you? You're in this prominent role. You talk about the people you got to watch model it do the right way. We had Jeremy Robinson on the show, and he shared about you being one of the men in his life that helped to kind of put him on a pathway for seeing the world through a whole new light. Are you finding that just by living a modeled life, people are coming for the questions, the curiosity, the please help me, please pray for me type moments? The answer is sometimes yes. But it's a balance because it's not just – it's, it's both content, you know, do, do people know who I am and what I stand for? But then there's also the, because of my role, am I approachable, mm. right? Do I, do I feel like a person? Because it, it, it is interesting as you get up in your career and you start achieving certain titles and roles, you don't think of yourself, I don't think of myself any differently than I did when I was 24 years old or 27 years old, but now I'm realizing like, oh, I'm the CEO, people in the elevator are looking at me, like wondering, am I going to talk to them? And I don't think about like what I used to think about when I was twenty-something years old, and the CEO was in the elevator with me. Yep. And so it means that I have to be more proactively engaging and let people know that I am available. And if you want to come talk to me, I'm here, and I'm not scary. And so there's there's the I don't know quality or content aspect of it, but then there's just the personality and and warmth side that I think we try to do. 
Well, I even think some of that comes down to like the way you, you show up because you could be the CEO with the slick back hair and the cufflinks and the pinstripes. And I know that's very early 90s. And I'd have to <laughs> beat myself up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Money never sleeps. Um, well, Rob, this has been awesome. I just want to give you a chance to, uh, to encourage everyone who's listening to the show because of you to keep listening to us. How would you take us out of here <laughs> on a plug for how, the beer? Yeah, how would you sell us to your friends? I mean, there's got to be some sort of Backstreet Boys song involved in that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. I, it's the show has been a great encouragement to me, and uh, it's it's always a good time. And again, I, I what I've always enjoyed about you guys is that it is this balance of it's funny, it's it can be lighthearted, it's it's jovial, but I always come away with an episode with something um, something to do. As you know, one of the things that I when I host an event in my house, the the comment I always make is the cost of coming to something in my house is that you have to make a resolution. Mm. You've got to do something yeah. on the backside of whatever formation that you're getting. And I think from listening to you guys, there's typically a resolution that comes on the backside of it. And that's pretty rare in, in listening to the podcast and content online. So wow. I'm appreciative of that. Good, because that's what we were aiming for. <laughs> Especially now, with the new year coming that's up. That's right. Yes. And resolutions. Yes. So, uh, this has been a true honor. Um, it's fun to call you a friend, a mentor, and also just somebody who is really shining light out to the world and doing it both on and off the playing field of business. Um, come a month from now, we will be in a race. So, Rob, I will see you in labor and delivery, and for the rest of you, I will. <laughs> see you in the Eucharist. God bless. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.